spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Welcome back to the Dirt Show. You know, you can now watch... um, the Dirt Show live on either Rumble or YouTube. If you want to send me messages as we're talking, real-time messages, it has to be sent to YouTube, uh, and and I can read them on the side, uh, and I'll try to pick them up as I'm talking to you so they can come in in real time. Since we spoke last week, there have been a lot of media developments. As you remember, the last show was my criticism of Fox for settling a suit that I believe they could have won in the end, although they might have lost it at, at, at trial because the judge seemed to have been very biased against their uh, position. But I think they would have won on appeal. Um, I was critical, and I said on this podcast that it would cause self-censorship. Well, my predictions are generally pretty right on. And so today, both Fox and CNN engaged in self-censorship. Uh, Fox, by firing its most prominent um, online presence, obviously, Tucker Carlson, who had the 8 o'clock slot, the most important slot uh, on, on, on Fox, and who had the largest audience, twice as large at CNN, MSNBC, only about half as large as O'Reilly, who also got canned, but for, I think, rather different uh, reasons. And then uh, at about the same time, it probably coincidentally, but who knows, uh, Don Lemon uh, either got fired or got just dismissed or was made an offer that he didn't accept. It's a little unclear. CNN has one narrative and, and, um, and, and, uh, Don Lemon has another narrative. I believe Don Lemon's narrative. I think he was fired. Um, The cases are rather distinguishable. I mean, Don Lemon did some things that may very well warrant a firing. I mean, the worst thing he did was, you remember the case of that guy, what's his name, Elon Smollett? The the, Smollett, uh, Smollett, uh, who was, um, you know, being investigated for making up a false story about a racial attack. And Don Lemon, who's supposed to be only a journalist, gave him essentially legal advice not to give up his his cell phone. That's not something a journalist should do. It was much, 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 much worse than anything that Chris Cuomo did. But Chris also was was fired. This seems to have been the year of the season for firing uh, very distinguished um, and very longstanding uh, people from from the networks. So Don Lemon also had some other accusations of a personal nature that may have contributed to his to his termination. Um, In the case of um, Tucker Carlson, I think purely political. Oh, yeah. This one woman who said that he created an environment that uh, was negative toward toward women. I mean, that's just you hear that all the time. And 
I, I don't know what that means. Uh, you know, the, a journalism room is a tough place. I've been in green rooms uh, at CNN and CNBC and MSNBC and Fox and uh, you name it. I've been in green rooms, although I could write a whole book on green rooms I've known. Uh, and they're tough places and people yell at each other and uh, there is a hostile environment uh, in the media in general. Um, and so I don't believe that really contributed to the firing of uh, Tucker Carlson. I think he was fired because of the settlement. I think he was fired because uh, Fox was worried that they were going to be sued again. And by the way, they're still being sued. You know, there is another vote counting company that wants to get in on the action and again, wants to make more money suing than counting votes. And uh, lots and lots of lawsuits floating through the air about these, these issues. And uh, ultimately, some of them will get to the Supreme Court, include, including perhaps mine, um, my case against CNN, where they doctored a tape and made me say exactly the opposite of, of what I said. And the, the judge concluded that what they had done was wrong and foolish, et cetera, et cetera, but that it lacked malice. So we'll see what the Supreme Court has to say about that, if it ever gets to the Supreme Court. But um, Fox stock went down 5% as the result of Tucker Carlson's firing. It probably will go up again. I don't think these things tend to have a big impact on valuation. Um, they fired some of their biggest stars previously, as did uh, CNN. And generally, their fortunes tend to be more likely to be affected by, um, by, by news uh, and by the developments outside than by the hiring and firing and also by their advertising. I mean, there were some indications that uh, Tucker Carlson was losing some of his advertisers as a result of boycotts. Again, I don't think that had a significant impact on the decision. Look, the decision may well be a decision by both of these um, uh, corporate giants, CNN and Fox, to clean up their act a little bit and to um, make make their their shows uh, more centrist. Uh, neither is going to become Walter Cronkite. You can be sure of that. Uh, there is no Walter Cronkite today on any of the networks or anywhere else, but uh, some are closer than others, and and Fox and CNN are not close at all. So. There may have been a decision. CNN has a new ownership. Uh, Fox seemed to have been turning over something of a new leaf. And maybe they uh, both decided independently that um, it would be better to, news to report the news a little bit more objectively without the extremism that was reflected by some of the um, uh, commentators and, and some of the uh, anchor people. I, I wish the New York Times would take that view as well. Um, they have become the most predictable uh, media, even more predictable than, than Fox and CNN with their editorials and putting their news on the editorial page and with people like Charles Blow, who you just read the first line, you don't have to read the rest of the column, you know where he's going, you know that everything in the world has to be seen through the lens of racism, and that uh, everything America does has to be understood as racist, and uh, you see a lot of that in, in, in the New York Times. Uh, the New York Times has um, gone so far as to say the other day they had a list of the 100 best restaurants 
in New York. And the number one restaurant was a, a Caribbean, uh, African uh, American restaurant. And the review said almost nothing about the food. And maybe it's the best restaurant in New York. I'm, I'm going to go taste it and make my own judgment. But what they said was, oh, we're so thrilled to be able to list a black restaurant as the best restaurant in New York. I mean, the impression they gave, it, it was such a, a negative general impression was we're not really telling you the food's that great, but boy, is it commendable that we can make the number one restaurant in, in New York a black restaurant. It's, it's gone very, very far. Again, I'm going to try the restaurant. It may be they're the absolute best restaurant, but uh, we'll, 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 I'll make my own judgment about that. I, I know some of the other restaurants on the list, and some of them are very good, and some of them really suck. Uh, some of the people on the list, some of the restaurants on the list I've walked out of. Uh, so I'm not sure the Times is the best judge of good restaurants, but uh, uh, I, I make the point only to uh, point out the fact that uh, uh, not everything in the world should be seen through the, through the lens of race. I mean, Martin Luther King would be turning over in his grave today with this focus on racial and identity politics and the failure to in any way bring his dream to fruition of a day when his children would be judged by the quality of their character rather than by the color of their skin. We're moving further and further and further away from that. And I'm moving further and further and further away from the theme of the show, which is what is the implication of the firing of these two great uh, stars. Now, a little, a little disclosure, I know them both. Uh, I've been on both of their shows on numerous, numerous occasions, and I have fought and argued with them. I don't agree with either of their uh, positions on many issues. Uh, Tucker Carlson is far to the right of me, and, and uh, Don Lemon is somewhat to the left of me on some of these uh, issues. And uh, I don't know anything about their personal lives. I've never had any negative experiences uh, with them. With Tucker Carlson, I did say something quite negative about his views regarding immigration. And I reminded him that his um, grandparent on one side, I forget which side, came from you know, a, a typical immigrant family um, that made America great. And he didn't have me on the show for quite a while after that. Um, and I fought with Don Lemon about a number of uh, issues. But this is not about those arguments. The real argument is this. The real concern is this. If these networks are really making decisions now based on the fear of lawsuits, where is it going to take the viewer? I mean, is the viewer being taken into consideration? As I've said over and over again, um, Thurgood Marshall wrote, and actually he was emulating uh, uh, another great African-American uh, lawyer that had written this back 100 years earlier when he said that um, the First Amendment has two components. The right of Tucker Carlson and Don Lemon to express their, their views um, and the right of the viewer and the listener to hear. Now, you might say, wait a minute. Tucker Carlson has no right to express his views on a private television station. 
the First Amendment only protects against government actions, and, and that's true. But just remember what happened a few days before Tucker Carlson was fired, uh, namely Chuck Schumer, uh, one of the four or five most powerful people in the United States, the majority leader of the United States Senate, one of the three branches of government, urged Fox to fire him. And if Fox was in any way influenced by the actions of this government official, we're beginning to get close to some lines about governmental interference with uh, free speech. We've already seen that with the internet. We've already seen some of the emails that um, Elon Musk uh, revealed in, involving the, the thumb or maybe even the elbow of certain government agencies on social media. And that's not a healthy development. Um, will we see more firings? Yeah, I, I suspect we probably will. I think it really depends on whether this is being done simply as a reaction to this ill-advised settlement, um, which is, of course, partly, partly uh, responsible, I'm sure, for it, or is it being done in a legitimate effort to try to move both stations um, uh, to the center? Uh, in my view, both are equally guilty of uh, providing news that their viewers want to hear. Um, uh, you know, I would much prefer to have one channel I could turn to and have both sides presented the way that used to be presented when I would debate people like William Buckley and and others, uh, when there was real debate uh, on, on, on shows um, uh, that were shown on both uh, cable and regular networks. Those days are gone forever. Today, if you want right-wing news, you turn to Fox. If you want left-wing news, you turn to MSNBC or CNN, and they're equally biased. Uh, in fact, I think CNN is far more guilty because it does it in a more subtle uh, way. Again, I'm suing CNN, so take that into account in evaluating it. But my view is that CNN uh, is much more subtle in its bias, but much more effective uh, in presenting only biased points of view. And the other difference is CNN is always wrong. Whenever they make predictions about the law, they are always wrong. If they were batters in Major League Baseball, they would be batting like 120. Um, whereas I'm batting about 600, maybe 800, uh, not because I'm smarter than the commentators on, on CNN, but because I don't allow my personal views to influence my predictions. Um, they do. Uh, their predictions are wishful thinking. Speaking about people being fired, Jeffrey Tubin was another one who was fired. He and I used to be on CNN together and we had our whole, you know, shtick. He was my former student and, you know, he would complain about me and I would complain about him. And it was, by the way, very popular with the viewers. And then they canceled me. And um, maybe that played a role in the cancellation of Jeffrey Tubin. He didn't have his, uh, uh, you know, his opponent to, to, to fight with. In any event, he's gone. Lemon's gone. O'Reilly's gone. Um, uh, Tucker Carlson's gone. Uh, Megyn Kelly, who is, I think, one of the great great uh, broadcasters in modern times um, is no longer uh, on, on, on Fox or NBC. She now has her wonderful, wonderful podcast, which I'm on from time to time and enjoy very much being on. Of course, podcasting 
has taken over a lot of what used to be on network television. And I'm you know, proud to have a podcast as I approach 85. I'm not guaranteeing you how many more years um, I'm going to be willing to do this on a three-time-a-week basis. Um, I'm supposed to be retired, but it hasn't taken. Um, and I enjoy this podcast, and I enjoy getting your letters, and I enjoy uh, you know any interaction uh, with you, and uh, I enjoy to the extent I'm teaching you and you're teaching me. It reminds me of the 50 years I spent uh, at Harvard teaching some of our most important uh, leaders, some of whom I'm very proud of, others of whom not so much. But um, we'll see what happens uh, with network uh, television. I suspect that this lawsuit, the Fox lawsuit, will have a lingering influence on the presentation of diverse views. Now, the word diversity, of course, has become the most popular word in college campus today. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, none of those people want diversity. They just want more of themselves. If they're radical leftists, they want more radical leftists. If they're black, they want more black people. If they're Jewish, they want more Jewish people. If they're gay, they want more gay people. That's their definition of diversity. For me, diversity uh, is diversity of opinion. I want universities to be even more diverse than they are today. But the way to do it is to not look only at superficial uh, qualities, but to look more deeply and uh, to bring people to universities who have different points of view from the main narrative at, at the university. And we're just not seeing that. We're seeing universities becoming more homogeneous, just like television stations are becoming more homogeneous. And today you pick your college or university again based on which propaganda you'd rather be exposed to. Uh, and some universities are, you know, well known for espousing only leftist causes and some uh, for espousing only conservative causes. So um, they become like television stations. Um, and, and it's not a healthy development. I, I'm told now that the same thing is happening with book publishers. Um, uh, one of my former friends who was one of those who canceled me on Martha's Vineyard is now complaining terribly, this is ironic, complaining terribly that he's been canceled by publishers because he's a white male. And uh, he's trying to write a book about how African-Americans thought about particular subjects in the South and people saying, no, no, you can't do that. You're a white male. Um, and, and worse comes to worse. I think he's a white Protestant man. A wasp. Oh, my God. Who could be more privileged than that? It doesn't matter that your parents might have been poor. But if you're a wasp, it's white privilege. And so he's complaining now that he's been uh, canceled at the same time that he won't talk to me or have interactions with me or support my claims against the local library, which won't allow me to speak as who I defended. So hypocrisy is everywhere. It's everywhere. And uh, we're not going to see an end to it. We're going to see more of it. And, and, and I think that the Fox decision to fire um, uh, Tucker Carlson, along with previous decisions to fire and uh, CNN's decision to fire, uh, marks a weakening of freedom of speech. Now, not necessarily the First Amendment to the extent that 
government officials have an influence? Yes, the First Amendment, to the extent that they're just playing ordinary business decisions. The First Amendment is not directly implicated, but freedom of speech is implicated, and freedom to hear is implicated, and, and freedom to be exposed to diverse views, which you just don't get on most channels. I have to tell you, I really enjoy being on Newsmax myself because Newsmax is a conservative channel, but they enjoy having me present my liberal view. I've never been asked once to change my view and to express the views of the Newsmax um, management. I don't even know what they are. I mean, uh, even there, there's a diversity of views, but it tends to be right, right to right. Uh, whereas my views are, are center left uh, or center liberal, center libertarian. And so don't celebrate, you know, don't do what the five did uh, today on television. They cheered and they jumped up and down and the audience was clapping when they announced that Tucker Carlson was fired. Hey, members of the five, you're next. You're next. Soon they'll come after you. You know, it doesn't stop with Tucker Carlson. It doesn't stop with Don Lemon. Um, it's going to get everybody on television, everybody in the media. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a new form of censorship. And it's more subtle and more difficult to fight against. And it's part of the larger picture of the new McCarthyism, which I think we're experiencing today, which I never dreamed after going through the old McCarthyism as a young man, I just never thought we would see a return of it. And I surely never thought we would see a return of it from the left. But we're seeing it. And stay tuned. I'm working on a book called The New McCarthyism. So you'll be able to read my views on that uh, in the next uh, months to come. All right. Let's see if there are any letters that have come to me uh, on on the, let's see, uh, the media foolishly being subverted. Uh, you mean the view. Ah, you're right. See, correction. That's great. I said the five. It's not the five. The five is on Fox. It's the view, which has what four or five people, which I've been on too, which is very woke and progressive. Thank you. Thank you. Great virtue in having immediate progression, uh, correction. Only you and Ralph Nader could save us from the new McCarthyism. Well, I used to like Ralph Nader. Um, uh, when I first came to Harvard, he had just graduated Harvard. And we had some connections. Uh, I agreed with many of the things he was doing. But then he turned so virulently anti-Israel that I no longer have anything to do with him. But if he can help bring about an end to the new McCarthyism, I'm with him. Okay, so let's go to some of the print letters. Oh, here's one that's interesting. Uh, this came before the firing of Tucker Carlson, and it says, Fox will be hyper-cautious after this. You're right. Alan, I disagree that Fox was the big loser. We the people were the biggest loser in this entire sad story. We lose because now there are people's opinions and news stories that we will never hear because the network are afraid of being sued. And that's true. Look, one of the big things, and maybe one of the reasons that Tucker Carlson was fired, it was certainly speculated about in the press today, is he was willing to put on the air some of the videos of January 6th, which showed policemen 
welcoming some of the protesters into the Capitol. And, and he was criticized for that. Hey, that's journalism. That's good reporting. I'm representing one of the people who was welcomed in by the police. And we're going to use some of that footage in court to defend him. So thank you, Tucker Carlson, for for that. And um, there will be things that will not be shown on television as the result of these firings and as the result of of the settlement. So you're absolutely correct. In the last show or the show before that, we talked about capital punishment. So here's a long, longish letter. Capital punishment is absolutely and unquestionably a deterrent as it absolutely deters that murderer from ever murdering anyone else again. That's a misuse of the term deterrent. Deterrent means preventing other people from doing it for fear of what's going to happen. Um, of course, if you execute somebody, they can't do it again. If you lock them up for life, they can't do it again except to people in, in, in prison. Um, so then it goes on. And the criminal gave up their life when they chose to take another capital punishment merely finishes the act. But here's the interesting point. He says, I would agree with a total ban on capital punishment in exchange for a total ban on abortion. That would be a major net gain in spared lives. It's interesting because years and years and years ago, I wrote an article for um, a, um, a Catholic uh, magazine uh, called something life or the protection of life in which I argued that uh, people who are opposed to abortion ought to be more active in the campaign against capital punishment. Of course, there are a lot of letters and response saying it's a big difference. The fetus is innocent. The person subject to capital punishment is, is guilty. But the Catholic Church has now really changed its views, and it is adamantly opposed <coughs> to capital punishment, except in the most extreme circumstances. It's not an obligation of every Catholic to take that view, but the Church's position is that um, Catholics should seriously consider uh, being opposed to uh, the death penalty. And it changed a lot of people's views. In Massachusetts, the death penalty was outlawed by one vote of a legislature who said that his vote was decided by being a Catholic and by the views of the Vatican on the death penalty, which is, uh, it's, it's interesting. If only you could be cloned, Professor. Oh. I'm a staunch constitutional conservative, and I dare say there's much on which we disagree. However, when it comes to the law and the Constitution, there's no one who can hold a candle to you. You're an honest broker and a national treasure. Thank you so much. That's interesting. Uh, this is one about Ethel Rosenberg. Remember, I said she was innocent. She didn't deserve the death penalty. She was being held a hostage. Roy Cohn told me that um, the goal was to have her husband be so concerned about her being executed and leaving their two children as orphans that he would flip and turn on his communist handlers. He never did, and they were both executed. She may not have deserved the death penalty, but she was at least complicit with her husband's espionage. I don't know what that means. She knew about it. Yes, she knew about it, but that's not legally complicit. Uh, was Roy Cohn really that callous? He said he would have pulled the switch. And yet Buckley was a character witness in later life for him, as was I. Um, I actually wrote a letter to the Bar Association in the last days of Roy Cohn's uh, life. I was not a supporter of Roy Cohn or a defender, but I thought the bar was picking on him and he was dying. And I wrote a, a character letter uh, uh, for him talking about the associations I had with him. I defended Klaus von Bülow and he defended Klaus von Bülow's daughter. So 
you can be a character witness for somebody who's dying and who's being bullied and picked on and still think that what he did was wrong. And that's that's kind of my view. Okay. Hey, can you do a video about Alec Baldwin? Very strange that suddenly they dropped all criminal charges. Some same strange feeling when I heard Fox settled with Dominion. No, the two cases are very different. I, I don't think they ever had a case against Alec Baldwin. He was an actor. He was handed a gun. He was told it was unloaded. You know, it reminds me very much of the case of Kim Potter, who's now finally being freed from prison. I'm glad to bring you that update. This is the woman who was totally innocent. She committed no crime whatsoever. Remember, she was the cop who was firing what she believed was a taser at a fleeing felon who endangered the life of her fellow police officer and pedestrians on the street. But she pulled the wrong gun and she shot and killed uh, a young person uh, who had been stopped. Um, that's not a crime. That may not even be a tort. It depends. But if it's a tort, that's financial. But not only was she sentenced to a long prison term, she was denied bail, even though any good lawyer could have won the case on appeal, I believe. Um, but and I offered uh, my help in the case, but it was nobody. Nobody took me up on it. Um, but she's finally getting out. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, by the way, I offered my help pro bono. But the lawyers in the case uh, had, had had no interest, probably because they had made a plea bargain and uh, got a certain sentence and probably were assured that she'd be out after a certain time. And now now she is out. So I'm not being critical of the lawyer. Uh, OK, <laughs> why didn't Fox hire Alan Dershowitz? Sounds like he could have saved them seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Well, I would have charged them quite a bit to save them the seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. So. Um, maybe, maybe it was worth it not hiring me. I do think that the case was uh, winnable. Uh, no guarantees. There's no guarantees in life. But when you're paying $707,000, there should be a guarantee that you're going to lose that. I just don't understand what the damages were in the case. You know, they're, they're, uh, there's no indication. The, the indications were their values went up. Um, uh, Fox's attack on them didn't hurt them particularly. And, and the judge made findings that were very positive uh, toward them. So I, I just don't think there was uh, any damages in the case. And I don't like the fact that you can you can pay money to somebody uh, as a windfall. And so, um, you know, again, I'm critical of Fox for having done that. I'm critical. I don't know enough to be critical of Fox for having fired Tucker Carlson, but I do know that it will not serve freedom of speech in America. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking about this in other cases. Um, I'm always interested in talking about freedom of speech. So see you tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. 
Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 